You're nae bucking daughtry mine. Never set foot on Scottish soil again. A father wrote these heartbreaking words to his 17-year-old daughter. Less than three months earlier, she had fled her hometown, leaving everything she knew, everyone she loved, for a new life, a better life, a life of freedom. His hurried, angry handwriting was scratched ferociously into the cheap, lined notepaper. He'd written the letter after he saw the photograph of his daughter, Mary, in the arms of a black man. That was Granda's reaction when he saw a photo of my mum with my dad. The year was 1977. Three months prior to this exchange, my mum Mary had left her hometown of Hainsborough, a tiny, blink-and-you'll-miss-it Scottish ex-coal mining village. She craved so much more from life than Hainsborough could offer, and after a tumultuous adolescence involving petty crime, running away and other misadventures, she decided she had to leave. She left as soon as she could afford to, and as soon as she could persuade her fiancé, Stevie, to go with her. She'd got engaged at 16, not unusual for girls in her village, to a boy who adored her and would do anything for her. It didn't take much to convince him to go along with her plan. He didn't want to leave. He loved his life with her in the village. But he'd do it for her. Anything for her. So at 17 years old, they did just that. With only their pay packets for the month in hand, they packed their bags and got on a bus bound for England. Manchester, to be precise. When Mum and Stevie arrived in Manchester... Mum was dizzy with excitement. It was such a big place. The lights, the people, the buzz of the city. She fell in love immediately, even though they had to spend the first night in an all-night diner as they had nowhere to sleep. Stevie, on the other hand, was not so enamoured. She knew he wasn't comfortable here, but ignored it, because for once in her life she felt free. Manchester was all she'd been craving. The couple found places to stay the next day in the form of hostels, one for men and one for women. The situation wasn't perfect, but it ensured a bed, a bath and warmth. Weeks passed by happily, for Mum anyway, who was revelling in her new life, quite happy playing at being an adult and living off benefits. But Stevie became more homesick as each week passed. He missed the routine of village life, his family and friends. So, of course, the inevitable happened. Mum wouldn't, couldn't give up her new life for him. She handed the engagement ring back and he, her only link to her old life, headed back home. My mum was alone. Apart from a few close friends she had made while staying at the women's hostel, one, Carol, had moved in with her boyfriend, Tony, and Mum often found herself hanging out at their place. It was here that she was introduced to Simon, a young black man who worked with Tony. She didn't realise until Carol told her that Simon, this dark, handsome stranger, had taken a shine to her. Mum had never met any black people before, Hainsborough was a very white community. 
In fact, the only people of colour she had spoken to before she met my dad were the Pakistani shop owners in the village. But that was all about to change, as 19-year-old Simon had fixed his sights on getting to know her, no matter how many times she shied away from being alone with him. The first few times he asked her out, she made excuses. She'd never been with anyone that looked like him before. A black man. She didn't know why he liked her. Her anxiety about the unknown and her unconscious and conscious bias made her back out of the first date she agreed to go on. She hid behind the sofa when he came calling. My mum, the girl who wanted freedom and moved to Manchester to find it, hid behind a sofa to dodge a black man who simply wanted to get to know her. <laughs> 